Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is your host, Emily Purry, and I have another fantastic uh, opportunity to talk to some guests today. I have with me Heather Edwards and Rita Cassandra, and they're both part of the Project Amigo program, and we're going to learn a little bit about that here in a moment. But in this process, so Rita is a Spanish-speaking student that lives in Mexico, and we'll learn a whole bunch more about her in a moment. But um, in this process of talking about equity and learning about other cultures, I really noticed how much of an opportunity it was to um, talk to all of you about equity and how especially white dominant culture folks like myself do equity and how nerve wracking it can be to do equity. And so I wanted to just take a moment and it was very interesting. We did a practice session before because Heather is going to be doing a lot of interpreting between uh, myself and Rita. Um, but Rita also speaks amazing English. But as we all are conscious of, and myself included in this, of not understanding another language fully or trying to per be perfect in everything we do and say, this was an opportunity I really saw to say that when we are doing equity work or we are trying to learn about other cultures or another language or another human being or whether it be about disability, whether it be about age, whether it be about race, whatever that 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 quote-unquote lack is that we see, we often get uncomfortable and we get scared and we completely ignore what's in front of us because we think that we have to be perfect in doing this. So today you're going to see three of us that may not understand certain things. Heather may need to take a moment to translate or figure out what um, the Spanish or the English word is for whatever we are saying, and that's okay. I'm going to have moments where I am not completely understanding Rita, and Rita's going to have understand having moments where she may not completely understand me, and all of that is okay. And it's a perfect example of how we all need to learn to be vulnerable in doing equity work. We are going to mess it up. And then we are going to try and do better. And then we're going to mess it up again. And we're going to try and do better. And as long as we're always trying and being respectful in that process, that's where we grow. 
that's how we grow as humans. That's how we grow in this work. And I can tell you from all my equity friends in this in this world, and probably some of you listening, when you mess up, you still don't feel good about messing up. But the fact that you're you you're passionate enough and you care enough to continue to learn and to continue to mess up really shows that you're in this journey for the long run or this evolution for the long run. So with that, I just wanted to be vulnerable with you all for, for that reason, because this is a perfect example of how we need to keep pushing forward and not be so nervous and scared to mess up. So, okay, Heather, I'm going to start with you. I would love for you to introduce progress project Amigo and tell us a little bit about the organization and how you got involved and all the amazing things and, and work that Project Amigo is doing right now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. So thank you for giving me another opportunity to talk about this program that I actually fell in love with five years ago. Mm. I learned about Project Amigo in 2009. And all I knew at the time was that it did some good things for some students in Mexico. That was <laughs> to my understanding. And it is a donor-funded international program that provides scholarships to students in Colima, Mexico, which is on the Central Pacific Coast. It's one of 32 states. I had never heard of it. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine in my Rotary Club told me for seven years that I had to go to this program and I had to experience it and I had to see what it was like. And it just didn't rise to the top of my bucket list for seven years. Mm. So seven years and one day later, I fall in love with this program. And I started to learn within a week of being there, which is uh, an experience that we offer to any volunteers who want to come down and, and join us for a work week, is what the program actually does. So this is your opportunity to go beyond our slogans and our jargon and find out what comprehensive scholarship actually means to students in a very rural economy. Mm. I love that. And so that leads us into introducing Rita. Rita, it's great to have you on the podcast here. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, um, about the program, about your family, anything you want to share with us. Um, yeah, just go ahead and let us let us learn about you. Hello, my name is Rita Cassandra. I was born in Colima, Colima, Mexico, and I live in Cofreya de Suchitlan with my parents, my twin sister, my brother and his family. I am 23 years old. I am young and socially I can be called a woman, but I prefer to say I am a person, a good person with values like the res respect, honesty, solidarity, and empathy. I am currently in the eighth semester of social work, and this is my last semester to finish my four-year university program. Awesome. Thank you. And what is your uh, major going to be? What are you focusing on for school? ¿Cómo dice Heather? Ella quiere saber uh, en qué va a especializar para lograr tu título. Eh, ¿Sobre qué área? Sí. Um, nosotros somos profesionales en general. En cualquier área podemos trabajar. Pero... Sí. Ajá. Pero, ¿qué título va a recibir? A licenciatura, licenciada en trabajo social. 
Yeah. Okay, so she is going to be licensed as a social worker once she gets her social work degree from the University of Colima. Perfect, perfect. And Rita, why did you want to go into social work? ¿Por qué escogiste esta, este área? Okay, um, I decided to study social work after initially studying law. I always wanted to do things for other people especially for people who are in vulnerables, in situation vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Vulnerable situations. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think this is almost the answer answers of the child or teen when you ask what they want to study and why. And I consider it's because they had or have personal experience that they wish to solve in my case happening. I choose this this profession because I wanted to help others, but the law is objetiva y se tiene que hacer las cosas como están escritas. So when the way she had initially studied law, mm -hmm. she wanted to help people and she thought the law was the way to do that, but the way the law is written it doesn't really allow for nuance. It doesn't really allow for what people might actually need the most. And social work, she started to realize, might be a better avenue to actually help people in vulnerable situations. Definitely, um, definitely. Adelante. Okay. Uh, I want doing the same, but other way. And then decided leave and I choose other profession, social work. Uh, because it's a profession support by investigation and practice, uh, promueve el cambio el desarrollo social. So it, it promotes it promotes social development and, and change. Yeah. And liberación de las personas. And and creating equality for for all people. The uh, foundation are the principios of social use, justice, justicia, human rights, mm -hmm. with a foundation in social justice and human rights. Mm -hmm. Collect, collective responsibility and respect for diversity. Mm -hmm. Collective responsibility and, and respect for diversity, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we can share lots of different funct function. uh -huh, functions. Like Prevención, research, project, evaluation, and management, management mm -hmm. among others. The key is working with the people you're helping. Mm -hmm. So when I had talked to Rita earlier, we were talking about the most important part about social work. And I, I think this is true in what white people are learning about doing the work, right? When it comes mm -hmm. to inclusion. And she said, the most important part is that you're working with the people you're trying to help. Mm. I mean, yes. that's position, right? It is one word, with, makes all the difference. And, and her program emphasizes that. You're not telling people what to do. You're not going into communities and telling them what they need and how they need to do it. You are asking vulnerable people what they need and how you can help. And then you do those things together. And her program and her professors emphasize that. Yeah. 
And I love that when you think about the comparison between law, which Rita was studying prior, and then social work, the law, you are telling people how to behave. I mean, this is how it is and this is how it's going to work versus how can I work with you to make your life better. Um, and, and the law can go in our, in our way, and I, you know, in the way of the people sometimes, and it does, but other times it doesn't. And so I love that comparison. And I love how, Rita, you chose to switch from law, which you originally thought was going to be helping people in the way you wanted to, to going into social work, which is really more the, more the angle you wanted to go uh, the path you wanted to take. I love that. And this is one of the things that I love about Project Amigo. We don't choose their majors for them. Mm. They choose what they're going to study. So this is an income qualified program, but you also have to have a minimum GPA. So these mm. are the highest achieving students. You have to maintain an 8.5 GPA. They're on a 10 point system. So when you have high achieving students who are choosing their own trajectory they're making these high level decisions about their profession, about their own future. And someone as smart as Rita is saying, this field doesn't allow me to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. I want uh, to dedicate my work in a different way. I want a different skill set because I think this will help me help people. Mm -hmm. and that's what I do. So this program trusts students to make those decisions for themselves. And uh, that's what makes it different than perhaps other programs. It's one of many things that differentiates it, but it's one of the things that I love the most about it because that's what empowerment looks like. Exactly, exactly. I love it, I love it. Okay, so Rita, um, through your, you know, you'll, you're almost done with your education, which is very exciting and congratulations, but what is one of the most impactful experiences that you've had in, in your work as a student? Um, can you tell us about an experience that has been really, really great for you? See, in my first semester, I start a practice communitaria, communitaria, community practice, and also an institution. But the experience most impactful fue cuando ayudé a una maestra a realizar encuestas para personas, a personas migrantes. So, what's great about this program is that they are doing academic research, of course, but they also do a practicum. Mm. And for hers, she did um, data collection to assist a professor doing surveys in the migrant camps that are about 10 minutes from, from where Rita lives, where she grew up. Adelante. Okay, my teacher had a project with a other psychology, psychology teacher about the need and especially with women and also with other people. So I only participate in the recollection of datos. Data collection. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. um, they, bueno, sus circunstancias. Fue como muy impactante porque um, un, una persona me dijo que vinieron aquí porque en su estado no tenían oportunidad de trabajo. 
Entonces, pues, ver la situación en la que se encontraban era como, pues, eran servicios o derechos a los que deberían tener acceso y no deberían ser como un privilegio. So one, one thing that impacted her the most when she was helping do this survey in the migrant camp is that someone told her the migrants that come here to Colima from other states in Mexico didn't have other options. So when you get to the migrant camp, you are universally struck by the poverty and the living conditions, right? These are, are very basic, very difficult living conditions. No electricity, no running water, corrugated tin roofs, cinder block structures, etc. And a lot of the things that we think of as basic services or things that we just have a right to have, like flooring or walls or doors with locks or windows or running water, mm -hmm. that, that is regarded as a privilege in that community. So for her to see the difference between what we think of as a right and what other people think of as a privilege, that the migrant camp that they live in is better than what they left. Mm. This community that we see as so dire and so lacking was better than what they left behind. And that made a huge impact on her and illustrated the difference in perspective between rents and <laughs> Absolutely. And it's very timely with uh, so many people in, in, in the U.S. without power right now. You know, we Correct. think it's the worst thing we've ever experienced. And, you know, that it, it, it does shift your perspective significantly when you have people who that having a home is a privilege and with or without electricity, you know, and it's a, a definitely a perspective shift. Well, and the weather is something that we take for granted. <laughs> very universal vulnerability that mm -hmm. we all have, right? And we can take that for granted until we see all of Texas flooded and frozen and without power and without water and all of these people freezing to death. And, and we think it's our right to be warm and dry. Mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. other communities, we see that that is a privilege that they had to flee to find. Yeah. Um, Rita, Heather also shared the, the, uh, not your story, but, uh, so another topic that I would love to know more about, um, she said that you were in Argentina when COVID hit. Um, so what were you doing in Argentina and how did you, how did you manage that? And, you know, what did you, what did you learn from that experience? Uh <laughs> Ya, yo realicé mi movilidad, eh, justo llegué allá cuando inició la cuarentena. So she, she just got to Argentina when, uh, when the quarantine came down. Uh, fue mi primer viaje fuera del país, sola, eh, sin conocer a nadie. Solamente pues llegué a un lugar que ella había rentado. So it was her first time leaving the country and it was her first oh. time alone. Oh no. <laughs> pues eh, lo que yo esperaba era pues convivir con otros estudiantes, ¿no? Los argentinos, bueno, yo había escuchado que son personas muy críticas, que no se sé, saben mucho y quería aprender pues de ellos conviviendo en el salón de clases. 
So one of the things that she had hoped to have from this experience was the opportunity to live with other people. Mm. Going, she had heard that Argentinians were were very critical and. Um, Entendí correctamente que, que la gente dice que no saben mucho los argentinos. Es, no, que sí saben mucho. Oh, ok, como sabios. Ah, uh, sí, pues, ajá. Uh -huh. So she had heard that um, Argentinians were, were very educated and um, an opportunity to live in university housing with them. She was looking forward to having that experience and, and learning from these very worldly, very intelligent people. Oh, wow. Pero todo fue muy diferente, todas mis clases fueron en línea. Este, creo que me quedo más con la experiencia personal eh, de haber estado sola, pues allá, no sé, aprender a cocinar, aprender a moverme sola, el perderme y después encontrar para dónde iba. So, what, what wound up happening instead of being able to live and, and study with other students was that all of her classes were online. Oh no! <laughs> Rather than having this kind of cosmopolitan social um, communal experience, she wound up having more of a personal growth experience where she had to learn how to cook for herself and how to get from place to place and how to get lost and then figure out where you're going. Oh no! Conocí pues a otras personas este como pues um, pues uh, demostrarme que puedo lograr pues lo que me propongo no porque me parecía muy imposible pues salir no de aquí so it gave her the opportunity to see that that she could accomplish things that she had never thought possible <sighs> and she she didn't think that she would ever necessarily leave her community, but here she is on another continent in another country during a pandemic. Oh, <laughs> no. country by herself. Oh. Opportunity to meet other people as well in, in places. Adelante. Ah, y pues me gustó mucho el hecho de que tuve que aprender a trabajar como a otro ritmo al que estoy aquí acostumbrada en la escuela y que pude hacerlo. So what she liked was, was the opportunity to learn how to work with a different rhythm because mm. it's very different in, in this way than, than what she was used to in Cofradía. ¿Y luego? Y, pues no más, <laughs> solo eso. ¿Y cuando, que... cuánto tiempo estaba ya antes de regresar? Estuve dos meses, nada más. Oh, pensé sí, era... como dos semanas o algo. No, dos meses. Y oh. pues fue difícil porque estaba sola <laughs> y estaba asustada de lo que fuera a pasar. <laughs> porque no sabía si pudiera regresar, ¿no? Ah, sí. Okay. So she was there longer than I realized. She was actually there for two months by oh, herself. Wow. Which created a little bit of fear because, of course, as you remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know what it was, how long it was going to last. We still don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know if she would necessarily be able to get back because what if this goes on indefinitely? Oh. Right? So there's a fear factor there. Wow. How scary is that? Oh my goodness. I mean, all of us were so scared in our own countries and then just to be, you know, somewhere else. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, um, what 
do you want to do? Do you have any job opportunities when you graduate? Do you have any ideas where you want to work when you're all done? What do you want to do? Okay. Cuando termine mi carrera, ¿verdad? Exacto. I hope uh, to work in the legal area mm -hmm. and with women, spe especially mm. in Colima for an organiz una organización llamada Centro de Justicia para las Mujeres. So she wants to work for an organization called the um, Center for Legal Justice for Women mm. in Colima. Uh, to support survivors of domestic violence mm -hmm. and to be um, para proveer la, la pericia uh, durante uh, para la, los juicios, ¿no? Sí, ah, también, también. Me gustaría también ser como perito social que son los que hacen las investigaciones de cuando lo solicita el juez sobre un, un tema. So, one of the, the things that this organization does is advocacy work. So, when there are cases that go to trial, they rely on expert witnesses. And part of the research that she's able to do is providing expert testimony in cases like this. Mm. If there's a domestic violence case, for example, that goes to trial, and the judge is able to call on uh, social workers as subject matter experts, she would be able to do that research and provide that testimony in the hearing. That is so impactful and so important to the many women that are in those experiences in those situations for sure. That's amazing. Well, and the beautiful application about that is that it combines her two academic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where those pieces dovetail and come together in a profession that allows her to do exactly what she wanted to do. Exactly, exactly. So nothing's wasted, no time was wasted. It's only adding to, to her uh, tool belt, if you will. Exactly. Rita está diciendo que has mezclado ambos de tus especializaciones, ¿no? La ley y el trabajo es, uh, social. Sí. Yeah. Sí, me gusta, sí, me gusta mucho el área jurídica, pero desde el trabajo social. So she's, she's, she likes the legal field, but with the emphasis on, on social work as an application of the law. Yeah, yeah, because they're very, they're very intertwined. You can't do one without the other. And the more education and experience you have in both, the better for sure. Hello everyone, I am so excited to introduce to all of you Tim Salen, the sponsor of our podcast today. And Tim is with Remax Equity Group, and man, he's different than all the thousands of agents you probably already know. When you're looking to buy or sell a home, and you want somebody who cares, you want somebody who is patient, you want somebody who gives great advice, and you want somebody who is going to get you what you need, you need to call Tim. So thank you, Tim. And now back to our show. She likes the legal field, but with the emphasis on on social work as an application of the law. Yeah, yeah, because they're very, they're very intertwined. You can't do one without the other. And the more education and experience you have in both, the better, for sure. For well, sure. I think you can do one without the other, and that was the problem. 
Yeah. And well, yes. Yeah. The problem Rita wanted to solve is that the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Initial concern with that is that it's not applied equitably and there, there are gaps there and social work is a way to fill that and distribute justice a little more equally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Rita, my, one of my favorite questions. <laughs> if you had a magic wand, what would you change? A, what big problem would you change right now? And then how do you change, make those changes in baby steps every day in the work you do? <laughs> I consider the see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider the first thing that we can use, like society, society as a society. Society is education and respect needs to be taught in the home. And mm-hmm. in Colima, in Mexico. We have corruption and create other problems like violence, impunity, and social inequalities. And I think we can change this with the values in the home. Mm. So I wish for all of us to be free, help among us, and we have the same opportunities for all desarrollo, development. I think also the culture have a big influence in, in this problem. Um, so we need to accept the diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do these baby steps, being empathic and practice the value. I start with me and with the person or group I live together because I hope they also do the same with others and so on. Absolutely. I love that. So you lead by example. And maybe Heather shared more of an experience about how you and your twin sister um, did this in the past. And I, I believe we're gonna share a picture on our on our social media platforms. And what did you do for your community, you and your sister? Ella quiere saber de los regalos que, que hiciste con Monse. Okay. Eh, pero, um, bueno, ay, no sé cómo. Um, cuando se acercaba, me parece Navidad, eh, hace como dos años. Uh-huh. Eh, bueno, nosotros cuando estábamos pequeñas siempre recibimos un regalo y pues estaban en buen estado y quisimos pues donarlo a los niños que quizás no reciban frecuentemente uno. En porque, el ¿no? Ajá, porque bueno, cuando eres niño creo que recibir un regalo es algo muy muy especial, ¿no? Entonces queríamos como a, a pues no sé, hacer algo lindo por, por un niño. 
So she and her twin sister, um, they remembered how special it felt uh, to be able to get a Christmas present when you're little and that, that kind of Christmas magic. So they wanted to collect toys that were in good condition, uh, even if it was just a little toy. And they got a garbage bag full of toys mm. that they were able to give to much, much younger kids uh, in their community because they wanted those little kids to have that feeling, that, that Christmas magic. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. Good idea. Okay, so Heather, we're coming back to you now. We're, we're getting ready to wrap it up here. Um, Heather, why don't you tell the audience how they can get involved in Project Amigo? What is the best way? What is the What are the different opportunities? Just from what we've heard from Rita, obviously the the organizational organization is incredibly impactful to the community, but how can people that are listening today get involved? So this program actually began with Christmas presents. So initially, you know, 30 some years ago, it was just a group of Rotarians bringing Christmas presents down to kiddos in this small community. And over three decades, we've grown into a formal comprehensive scholarship program. And as you can tell from someone like Rita, that that includes international relationships and professional workshops and leadership training and a lot of opportunities that wouldn't necessarily exist and, and in some cases wouldn't exist as formally or as academically. Mm. So that's what we mean when we say comprehensive. There are so many things that we expect from students, but we're able to provide a lot for them by offering work weeks. And that's, that's how I would say People who are interested and, and want to know more about this community and how they can get involved, we offer work weeks throughout the year um, once you're vaccinated. You know, <laughs> a, a difficult time to be encouraging people to travel to Mexico, but when it's safe, we can't wait to have people come back down again. And each work week has a different theme. So if you want to come in January, you get to tutor the students in English. If you want to come in the summer, you can go for back to school swim week and take them to the beach and the turtle sanctuary. Or you can come for Spanish language week where they tutor you based on your level. If you want to learn basic greetings or you're an intermediate speaker and you want to kind of ascend that plateau and get to the next level, then we have a curriculum for that too. We have Christmas week where you get to work with the primary school kiddos and we build pinatas with them and we have a huge Christmas party and they get their pictures taken with Santa. And if you've ever danced in a community center with 350 elementary school kids, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, there's only one way to experience that. So when it's safe to travel, I recommend that you go on our website and look at the work weeks that we offer throughout the year and see which one speaks to you. If you wanna do a literacy week and help distribute books, we can do that. We're looking at putting together a Dia de los Muertos week during uh, the end of October, beginning of November, where you get to experience more Mexican culture. And um, we're also looking at doing a food and drink week, which is just gonna be a, gastronomy experience with all of the the local food and salt and mezcal and mm. but going on one of these work weeks allows you to be fully immersed in another culture in a way that you're never going to get at one of the resorts or really just even going on your own because you're part of a community that has embraced foreigners and has embraced volunteers from countries all over the world 
And there's no other opportunity like that where you get to be immersed in a culture where you are a foreigner and you are treated like a local. Mm. So I recommend that to anybody who's able to fit that into their schedule and their budget. It is so worth it and so life-changing that most people that come, myself included, wind up saying, I will budget for this for the rest of my life and I will schedule for this for the rest of my life. And most people come annually or semi-annually to be a part of their life. The other way to get involved, if you're not able to fit that into your schedule yet, is to sponsor a student because that's your opportunity to invest in students like Rita, right? And it's a long-term investment, but it's investing in the future. And, you know, we always say, how can I make the world a better place? How can I change the world? And this is a really simple way to do it. I mean, you literally can. And in, in this economy, there aren't as many opportunities to have fulfilling jobs that utilize your full potential and the talents that you have. Mm-hmm. But when you provide a scholarship for a student, you give them the opportunity to choose their major and go into a field where they can excel and make a difference in their own community. And that is enormously rewarding. So yeah. I would say those are the two best ways. I recommend doing both myself. <laughs> and what is the website, just so people have that? Um, and it will also be in the show notes, everyone. But yeah, what's the website? Projectamigo.org. And Heather, where can we find Project Amigo other than the website? Is there other places we can we can tap into the resources you guys have? So a great place to go while you're waiting for your vaccine is our Facebook page. That's where we have all of our fun updates and really great pictures so you can see the community and different activities. These days we're posting a lot of TBT pictures because there aren't as many activities <laughs> going on right now because we're social distancing and all of that. But the Facebook page is always a great way to keep up to date with all the cool things that are happening. Perfect. And then um, one thing you mentioned in our conversations was the opportunity for leadership. And I think that is something incredibly special. So when we as volunteers go down to this community, it gives the students and the children the opportunity to, to be a leader in teaching us Spanish or teaching us about food or culture or whatever. And that I think is incredible. Now they know something more than us. They're teaching us whatever the skill is, whatever the knowledge is. And that in itself is so empowering to the, to every community and every, and every young, young child to be able to feel like they're the experts. And so I loved that opportunity for leadership and growth um, that these, these kids and students get to experience. And I loved that piece. Okay. And to wrap up, Rita, I want to hear one more piece from you, if you're able. I would love to know, and I would love for you to tell our audience here, what do you feel we as people can be doing to make our communities a better place? Like, like you mentioned with the, with the gifts for the children that you and your sister, that's just an example of one of the things, but what, what would you recommend and how do you um, advise people to be better and to make this society more equitable and, and equal for folks? I think the first step is to change ourselves with our attitudes that hurt the people in general or around us. Also, I consider education to be very important 
especially mm. with the children. We need mm. to teach respect. Also, I think that we can be do, done activities in improving the community. For example, with the old people are alone with the children and to get better the condition, the community, with the clean, the animals, dangerous place, etc. Um, we can't stay silent before an injustice. We have to help people who need help in any way. For example, when families have um, difficulties, we, we help each other in whatever way we can. We need to train our communities like families and this profession teaches us to see each other as human beings. I think when a person helps other after do the same with him or she, and also with others and with the fun, the good people, we can be more. I believe in the replay effect. Mm. Well, thank you both so much for joining me here today. And um, everyone check out our, our Facebook page. We'll be posting um, some pictures there and definitely check out Project Amigo. They're doing amazing work and we can all help in some way or another and get vaccinated if, if that's in your wheelhouse and get down there once it's safe to travel. So thank you all for joining me here today and we will talk to all of you soon. Thank you for having us. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N dot org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you.